Greetings, Heritage Baptist Church and Pastor Fong. It's a blessing to come to you from Sri Lanka, the Colombo Bible Baptist Church. It's a privilege to be invited to your Wednesday revival meeting series. And I pray and really trust that the Lord will speak to all of us again through this message at this time. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 17. I'd like to read verse number 17 through verse 21, and then go down to verse number 30. The topic of the message today is three things we must repair to have revival. Three things we must repair to have revival. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessing that the Word of God is. I also thank you, Lord, for the blessing that your people at Heritage Baptist Church, your pastor, Pastor Fong, is to the ministry in Sri Lanka and to my wife and I personally. Pray that you would bless their summertime revival emphasis. O Lord, grant to us now as you speak to us through thy word, through this message, give us guidance, direction. O Holy Spirit of God, please send us a revival. We pray and ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, verse number 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. Verse number 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. As you look into the life of Elijah and you look into this passage of Scripture, Elijah is one of the most remarkable figures in the history of Israel. His outstanding importance is seen not only in the religious revival that he brought to his nation, but the New Testament. As New Testament believers, we are just enthralled to see him mentioned most often in the New Testament, speaking more of him than any other Old Testament prophet. Elijah was chosen to appear with our Lord Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration along with Moses. And just a blessing it is, as he appears here in 1 Kings in chapter 18, appearing on the scene as a crisis prophet, there's thunder on his brow, <clears throat> there's a tempest in his voice, because he knows the situation that the nation of Israel is in. He disappears suddenly one day as a chariot of fire takes him up into heaven. And what a blessing it must have been 
for Elisha to see Elijah taken up by that world wind. Just an amazing miracle of the Lord. So I want us to look at the amazing miracle of revival that the prophet Elijah brought to the nation of Israel. As we note in our text, as we looked in our text, Elijah came and he asked all of the people to come near to him. That great miracle that took place on Mount Carmel. And he asked all of the people, come near unto me. And the Bible says the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. There are three things that we must repair to have revival. First of all, we must repair broken down character. We must repair broken down character. When you look at Elijah's character, what a great man of God that he was in his character. But I first want you to see his physical character. He was not a man of the city. He was a man of the country. Often when you study his life, you find him in caves. You find him by a brook. You find him under a juniper tree. He was not a man who would sit in an AC office building in a metropolis somewhere in our world today. And his physical appearance showed that he lived out in the country. But let me just say something about physical appearance. Many years ago, my father was teaching an adult Sunday school class when I was a boy. In the 1960s, he had me sit on the back row because I was a little sick that Sunday morning. I guess social distancing of that day, though we obviously didn't know the term. He was teaching on Bible standards. And he told his adult Sunday school class, if you got a good physique, he said, hide it. Your good physique, your good looks is reserved for the Lord and it is reserved for your spouse, your family only. Hide it. I just want to say today, we need a revival today of our physical appearance as we come to church. When we come to the house of God, we need to come dressed to be in the house of God. We need to dress for the Lord, not for somebody else's attention that we're trying to gain. We need to realize that our God is holy and we need to see that in the way that we dress to recognize that God in heaven is deeply concerned about how his children go about their day, come to the house of God, sometimes so indecent how we need a revival today of our physical appearance. And so, listen, we need to look like a Christian. We need to live like a Christian because we are Christians if we've been born again by the Spirit of God. But I also see that Elijah teaches us about a revival in our moral character, not just our physical character. When you study this man, his moral character could be seen in three areas. First of all, I want you to see a revival of courage. Here's a man named Elijah who came face to face with King Ahab, denounced him in the name of the Lord. He challenged him the whole time the state religion of Samaria, the state religion run out of Samaria rather over the nation of Israel was nothing more than idolatry. It was nothing more than covetousness. It was nothing more than deceit. And now this prophet of God comes with moral courage to face down King Ahab 
and all of those false prophets and false priests of Baal. And so he's up there on Mount Carmel. That tells me something today and the New Testament era that you and I live in. Oh, how to God, we need some men at Heritage Baptist Church who are men of courage who will stand up to their day and stand up to the city and stand up to the state and stand up to the country when they tell us that you must deny God how we need men of moral courage to say it's better to obey God than man. Oh, how we need a revival of that today. When Elijah goes up there on Mount Carmel, he asks the fire of God to fall. And all of a sudden, when the fire of God falls, the people begin to explain, exclaim, the Lord, he is God. Jehovah, he is God. Just exactly what God wanted to hear. He wanted those people that were steeped in their Baalism, taught by the wicked Queen Jezebel. Nonetheless, God wanted his people to cry out and say that God, Jehovah is God. That's what the world needs to hear today. They need to hear that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. Not just wear him by name on the back of your jeans, but wear him in your life. Wear him on your lips. Be a man of moral courage as you declare the things of the Lord. We also need a revival of faith. That's the second thing that I see in the life of Elijah. He had a revival of courage, but he also had a revival of faith. You see, a faith like Elijah gives us courage like a lion's. What faith? was needed before he went to Ahab and said these words, There shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. Now, dew and rain can be withheld for many reasons. We live in a day when the world is being run by the environmentalists, and they're so concerned when we cut down trees and it stops the rain. But in Elijah's day, I want to tell you about a miraculous event. Hear this man by prayer declared that there would be no rain for three and a half years. He declared supernatural intervention for a nation called Israel that was far gone, that had committed the sin of apostasy. And here's a man who had a revival of faith. He believed that God would answer his prayer. He believed that God would vindicate him and himself for the cause of Israel. But I see number three, I see there's a revival of Elijah's zeal, how he could express his passion at the mouth of the cave of Horeb when he told the Lord, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Now think about this man of God. Think about this prophet of God whom God had ordained divine honor upon his life and inside his heart he had a burning indignation for the things of God. There was no religious compromise that you could find in this man's bosom. Here's a man who had passionate loyalty to the word of God. Oh, how we need a revival of that, dear church. How we need some men of God to stand up and be those men of God for the word of God and for the things of God. I can see, oh, Elijah, up there in Gilead, I can see him with the troubled look on his face 
looking at how far away his nation had gone away from God, how far the people of Israel had strayed away from the temple of God, just like modern day Christianity. Oh, the excuses that we hear from God's so-called people for all of the reasons that they can no longer come back to the house of God. Oh, how we need to look at this austere prophet of God and realize that God wanted to use him and how we need to pray for some Elijahs in our churches today and in our great land of America to come to it and stand in the king's faces and the faces of the politicians and declare that the word of God is the truth of God and you better not go against it. Elijah could no longer forbear the ministry that God had given him. He had given him a ministry of faith. He had to go. The Lord's honor was at stake. Has not our Lord told us to go to the Ahabs of the world? Has he not told us to go to the doors, to the highways, to the byways, to the streets, to the cities, and go all nations and tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father? Think about that word go and equate it with the word faith. Here we find a supernatural intervention where God sent a man of God to an apostate country. And he said, Elijah, go there. Stand in front of that king on old Mount Carmel and have a good contest and tell them that the Lord, he is God and not Baal. Oh, we have so much religious toleration today. We accept anything that comes across YouTube and across the internet. Listen, dear member of Heritage Baptist Church, only feed in one place. And the feeding where you should feed at is called the Heritage Baptist Church. Feed there and don't go outside the perimeters of that place without the guidance of the under shepherd of the Lord, his good pastor. Oh, how we need a revival of just our members understanding not to stray into other pastors because there's poison out there. There's things out there that you should never think about. You should never entertain things that should never come to your ears on the internet. I think number two, not just having a revival of broken down character, but I think number two, we must have a revival of broken down ministry. You see, when you look at our passage, think about Elijah's ministry. There are two sorts of prophets in the Old Testament. There is the prophets of deeds and there's the prophets of words. Think about that. Isaiah was a great prophet of words. 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. We call it the mini Bible in the Bible. The prophet Isaiah was a man of writ. He was a man who knew how to write. But when you look at the life of Elijah, this great prophet was a prophet of deeds. I want you to think about his ministry today. And I don't want to put down reading. You should always read. I don't want to put down book writers. To God, if you have that gift, please write. But listen to me. Just listen to my heart just for a moment. The prophet Elijah was a prophet of deeds. And oh, how we need a revival in the ministry of deeds at the Heritage Baptist Church and at the Colombo Bible Baptist Church and at all of the churches that declare the biblical gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, as far as we know, Elijah wrote nothing. That shouldn't surprise us. 
His ministry was to go out and stand in the king's face, to stand in front of the school of the prophets. His ministry was to perform uh, deeds of miracles, unlike Isaiah who had been given a gift of penmanship. But we see that this man was passionate. We see that he was energetic. We see that in his deeds, there was some conviction there. He was not a man who would sit down and give dictation to somebody and say, help me write this book. He was a man whom God used in a singular sense to go out and perform the great work before God. He was dynamic rather than academic. I want to say this today. We need to be academic, especially those of us who studied this great book called the Word of God. But we also need to be dynamic as we open the Word of God and as we teach it and as we preach it. But most of all, as you and I live it, there needs to be a dynamic about our lives. We must be separate Christians for the cause and for the things of Almighty God. I think of the great heroes, the fathers of faith, our Baptist forefathers of many years long ago. Their names are in books. We read about their solo miracle, so to speak, on how God brought revival uh, through their preaching, through their teaching, through their ministry. We could never underestimate the great missionary Hudson Taylor and how God greatly used him. We could never underestimate the great ministry of Jonathan Wesley and Billy Sunday and D.L. Moody and some of those men of that era. We could never underestimate them. But the one thing that we have to learn from them is that the next generation is going to hear about them and the next generation is either going to do like them, be like them, or do it the way they think they should. That's the era that we live in. We no longer want to use the strategy of those great forefathers of days gone by. We no longer want to use the strategy of that old prophet Elijah. We think it's too old. We think it's too fundamental. But oh, I want to tell you today, the crisis that America is facing today calls for a crisis prophet named Elijah. I pray, dear men, that you'll rise up and be that man. I pray that God will continue to raise up his pastor at Heritage Baptist Church to be that man of God, to stand in the gap in a nation that has been turned over to godlessness and wickedness. Oh, may God send a revival in that aspect. Not just a revival of deeds, but also the revival of miracles. Yeah, you heard it right. We need a revival of Miracles, but maybe not the kind you're thinking of. You see, if there's ever a time in Israel's history when miracles were needed, it was needed at this time during a time of Ahab and Jezebel's history. Unprecedented corruption. Unprecedented evilness. God reaches down and he calls a man named Elijah. He armed him with miracles. He armed him with the spirit filling. He armed him with a divine authority. Oh, I want to tell you that's a miracle. That's a miracle that the world needs to see today. That our country needs to see today. Somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Who knows this book. 
Not just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. Oh, God, send us that kind of a revival. When I think of that kind of revival, I think of the revival of God's touch. As you look at 1 Kings chapter 19, would you turn there? 1 Kings 19 and verse number 7. Think about this with me. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. A revival of God's touch in our lives is what we need today. When I think a revival of the ministry of deeds, oh, how we need to come to God and fall on our face like old praying John Hyde of India, who would not go to a pulpit, who would not go to the platform in the conferences there held in northern India until he knew he was endued with power from on high. Oh, how we need to copy that today. We don't need a rock and roll band on our platforms to set the tone for the speaking of God's word. We need those great hymns of faith to be sung boldly so that the man of God can come to the pulpit and preach it up. Oh, that's what we need today. A revival of God's touch. But look at chapter 19, verse number 12. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. We need a revival of God's voice. Hearing that voice every morning. Hearing that voice every afternoon. A revival of hearing God's voice every evening as we open the Word of God. And as we walk through our days, praying without ceasing. Oh, how we need to hear God's voice. But look with me at verse number 15 of 1 Kings 19. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. God had given him a command. We need a revival of miracle hearkening to the Lord's commands. To go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Just like Elijah was given a command to go on the way and go through the wilderness of Damascus. God said, go ye into all the world, Heritage Baptist Church. May he bless you as you do that. But we also see a revival of, of a tremendous, a, just a tremendous event, the moving of God coming through the encouragement that God would give this man of God in 1 Kings 19, verse number 18, where he said to him, yet have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth with hat which hath not kissed him. I want to tell you, need a revival of the miracle of remembering God's encouragement. We have to be encouraged here in Sri Lanka like you have to be encouraged in San Leandro. Many times, it seems like overwhelmingly in a country of 22 million people where they worship a tooth and a golden cassock, casket in the central part of this country. God's people many times just need an encouraging word from the word of God. And here God is giving it to his prophet who boldly stood up and who boldly kept his moral character, who boldly proceeded his ministry character, a man who had a revival, a man who was a revivalist, this prophet Elijah. And here we find God sending him, encouraging him. Not only that, we see a revival of the ministry of restoration. 
of restoration. You see, Elijah's ministry was one of restoring, revival, and then restoration. You see, let us not refrain from comfort's sake, from protesting against those who dishonor our Savior's name. Sometimes just for the sake of trying to be kind. Sometimes just for the sake of trying to be understanding. We allow the blasphemers of this world to take the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and leave. we allow them to step on it in the dirt of the world. That should be something that you and I should never tolerate. Today, people are scorning Bible-believing Christians. They're scorning Bible-preaching. They're scorning churches that stand up for the faith. Oh, Heritage Baptist Church asks God for a revival of restoration. When He revives your soul, ask Him to restore back to you the years that the locust hath eaten, so to speak. You see, there's a place to tear down. There's a time to tear down. There's a time to build up. We need to understand that. We all think that we should all take leadership and build and build and build. But I'm going to tell you what, a building is only as good as what was torn down before it was built up. And today, many of the young people and our children don't understand the things of the past. They don't understand those old time things. New Testament Christians today have a hard time with the Old Testament in God's word. Because they said it's history that doesn't relate to them today. But if we don't have the Old Testament, we have no foundation for the New Testament. No revivals in the Old Testament. There will be no day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament. We have to have an Elijah for our day to stand up and bring revival. Then number three, we must have a revival of our broken down significance. Think about that. That's the heart of the message right now. What is Elijah's permanent significance? What significance does he bring to your life and mine when we study him and we study the truths that come from him? Well, first of all, I see the significance of men. The significance of men. Because Elijah demonstrates the truth that God always has a man to match the hour. The Almighty God never failed to provide the right man in a time of emergency. Folks, there's an emergency. There's a crisis. We've been all laid up worldwide with the COVID-19, but there's a crisis that, that has created where some people will refuse to come back to the house of God and fulfill the ministry of deeds and have good moral character. Some of God's people have stayed home and filled themselves with entertainment. Movies have made Netflix prosperous. Oh, dear people of God, in the hour of crisis, God always has a man to match that hour of crisis. And he gives that man extraordinary gifts. He puts some extraordinary demands on that man. If that man has a membership at the golf club, he may not get to use it. If God touches him and said, no, nope, this is the 21st century. This is the year 2020. It's the year that I've allowed the world to be afflicted. I need a man of God like Elijah to stand up and put away the toys 
and do the work of God. Oh, praise the Lord. I trust, gentlemen, that you'll fall on your face and be that kind of man. Think of the state of things in Elijah's day. It could have hardly been worse than what it was. Think about it after the reigns of King Saul, King David, and King Solomon. The ten Hebrew tribes had revolted, committed themselves to a separate kingdom. And now King Ahab is the king over that divided kingdom. They had some wicked kings. Jeroboam, who had made two golden calves, and he made the people to go a-whoring after them. And now the kingdom centered in Samaria during King Ahab and Queen Jezebel's time. Now they have that wicked religion of Baalism. Oh, I want to tell you, things couldn't have been worse in Elijah's day. So what was the significance that Elijah had? Well, the same significance that you and I have today. Many did evil in that day. The Bible says, speaking of King Ahab, many did evil before him, but none did as much evil as King Ahab had done. The Bible says there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. Oh, I can't believe that, can you? When I think of some of those kings that I've read and studied about before King Ahab, oh, I'm going to tell you, some of those guys were ornery hombres. Then we come to this great prophet Elijah, whom God said, all right, I've had enough. King Ahab is ruling in Samaria. His wicked wife is actually the ruler. I want you to go, Elijah. You're my man of significance. I want to use you, Elijah. That brings me to the second point of that. That is that God is looking for significant champions. Temples to Baal were erected in Israel. Darkest hour in the spiritual history of the nation of Israel as people wiped out any worship of the true worship of Jehovah God. Put away the things in the temple of God. Put away their walk with the God that had taken them out of the land of Egypt. Now they were living the lives of heathenism, of living a lives of just being abominable citizens of the nation of Israel. And it was at that hour that God looked at a significant man and he made him a significant champion. We're living in that time. We're living in the time where God's people need to fall on their face and say, oh God, Give us a man of God. Give us a champion like Elijah. Greatest prophet is always reserved for the worst age. Makes me wonder when God's going to raise up a prophet for America. Makes me wonder when God's going to raise up a prophet for the nation of Sri Lanka. Oh, I want a revival. Pastor Fong, Heritage Baptist Church, I pray that God will allow your pastor to be that man. I pray that God will allow me to be that man here on this island country of 22 million people. Oh, how we need to be significant men of God to understand that God will work through our lives if we just allow him. When politics and religion and morals become so degenerate 
that people can no longer see God alive in our land. It's a time when God is going to raise up the John Wycliffe's, when he's going to raise up the William Tyndale's, when he's going to raise up the George Whitfield's as they preach to their thousand. And I believe it will come to a time in the 21st century that you and I live in when the enemy has come in like a flood that God wants a revival at Heritage Baptist Church to raise up the standard to go throughout the state of California to sweep all across the 50 states of America as the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against those who have broken down the altar of the Lord that our forefathers had fixed. How we need God's intervention today. Satan is turning out prodigies of Ahab and Jezebel today. He's turning out prodigies of Hitlerism and Mussolini. He's turning out prodigies of all of these wicked people of the past. We need some giant men of God like Elijah who have some significance in their life and say, God, I dedicate myself to be your champion. Not just that, not just significant men and significant champions, but significant measures. When I think about that, Elijah demonstrates to us that when wickedness develops into extraordinary measures, God meets it with extraordinary significant measures. The Phoenician gods, which Jezebel and Ahab had taught Israel to worship, were largely em emblems of material elements, elements of the dew and the rain, elements that would bring prosperity. We live in that day. There's been so much teaching and preaching on the internet about prosperity theology. You know what God's answer to that was? The coronavirus. God said, I'll take your stock market down. I'll take those feverish, covetous men who call themselves preachers raising $60 million for a private jet. God said, I'm going to take it down. Because the need of the hour is not for prosperous men to rise up in our pulpits, but the need of the hours for extraordinary men, men who are champions for God, to take extraordinary measures in the house of God, with the things of God. The present day that we live in, I believe that we can expect God to work unlike He has ever worked, I believe, before in all of world history. Everybody's looking forward to the coming of our Savior. Amen, I am too. But I want to tell you, before that great day comes, before that great moment comes, may God raise up Pastor Fong and may he raise up the men of Heritage Baptist Church to be men of great significance, to do extraordinary things of significance in the land so that people have an opportunity to hear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. We need some men who know how to pray. We need some men who know how to pray, and then number two, how to pray, and then number three, how to pray. I'm talking about men that will pray for their preacher, men who will assemble at church, maybe come before services, maybe stay after services, but men who will gather other men and say, men, let's pray. Let's ask God to make our preacher a champion. Bring down the idols of America down. 
live in a country of moral failure, live in a country of ungodliness, live in a country people have a hard time understanding what good is anymore and what bad is anymore by way of definition. God sent them a gentleman, <laughs> hardly. He sent them a prophet. He sent them a crisis prophet. He sent them a man of God. He sent somebody who was not seeker friendly, who was not user friendly. He sent a man who narrowed his eyes, who had some fire going through his veins, a man of God in the word of God. And he said to Elijah, get up there on Mount Carmel and call down fire upon that altar of Baal. Let them know that the Lord, he is God. Oh, how that needs to happen today in America. We need a revival. We need all that comes with that revival, Heritage Baptist Church, because we live in a day when people would rather tolerate error in preaching. They would rather tolerate somebody in their pulpit who doesn't give sound doctrine so long as he's smooth and eloquent and maybe has removed the pulpit. Takes off his suit jacket. Takes off his tie. Just dresses down. Puts on his Levi jeans. Just walks around. Comforts the people. Never preaches on hell. Never preaches on the judgment of God on sin. Never preaches the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it seems the world is crying after today. Oh, don't fall to that. We need a revival of purpose today to understand the significant measures that God will use to make sure that the truth of God and the true men of God will stand out, stand up, speak up, and when it's time, we'll sit down and shut up. But until that time, we're going to preach. May God raise up a revival at Heritage Baptist Church for these things. May God continue to keep the man of God in your pulpit. May God raise up men and women at Heritage Baptist Church for the generation to come who realize the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Heavenly Father, we pray for a revival of these things. Our altars are broken down. I pray, Lord, that the altar at the Heritage Baptist Church would be full. God's people would humble themselves and come and pray. Oh, Lord, there's much to pray for. They would pray for their prophet man of God. She would protect him, continue to use him and fill him with the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, that you'll send Elijah's from Heritage Baptist Church, San Leandro, California. I pray, Lord, for a revival. We're in a crisis, Lord. Send the men of God. And keep those who refuse to have revival and be restored, Lord. Keep them at home. Keep them at bay. So that the world will only see the genuineness of the men of God that only God would send. For these things we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask them. Amen. Amen. God bless you here at Baptist Church, Pastor Fong. Myra and I truly love you in the Lord and thank God for you. May the Lord bless you.
with the Holy Spirit revival to San Leandro, California, that will spread all across our beloved nation to the rest of the world, that we desperately need that revival right here in Sri Lanka, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Pakistan. Thank you for the work you're doing on this side of the world through your prayers and giving. God bless you.